Today's episode of the Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. It is officially that time of year where the cold northern winds going to be blowing across our Great Plains. And if you're feeling the shiveries inside your house, you know what time it is. It's time to talk to your local Pella, Omaha, and Lincoln expert by taking a closer look at your windows. You can save energy and stay warm with windows from Pella that are properly installed the patented Pella way by professionals using window and doors with the highest energy efficiency ratings in the industry from Energy Star. Check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. And the Nick Pop Podcast is brought to you by my good friends at Runza. You know, I uh, hit the old road this weekend, headed to Lawrence, Kansas, to call a Kansas basketball game. And I've told you before, one of the most exciting days of my life uh, back, you know, 15 plus years ago was when I found out that there was a Runza in Lawrence, Kansas, when I was going to KU. And I knew that. And so I knew after I called uh, KU North Dakota State, I knew where I was going to go get some grub. And so your boy uh, hit Iowa Street, the main street right there in Lawrence, Kansas. I went and got a nice cheese Runza, some French fries. Uh, man, it was delicious to, uh, to, to get a little slice of home in my car, uh, making that drive back to Nebraska. That's the beauty of Runza. Runza makes it all better. Okay, it is. Uh, it's it's that time of week where you know what's on on tap. It's a le- it's a little recap pod, baby, a little game recap pod. Nebraska takes down Purdue. Certainly, uh, a ton to discuss as it was another drama filled roller coaster. Uh, four quarters of football, but Nebraska emerges victorious over the Boilermakers. So let's get to it. Yours truly. Former Husker black shirt and uh, all Big 12 linebacker, Bo Rude, breaking it all down in joy. All right, here we are. A little recap pod, a victorious recap pod. Nebraska, never a doubt, right? They take down Purdue 37-27. And we were just talking. So, full disclosure, I got a late call to go to Lawrence, Kansas to do a KU game on Saturday afternoon. So, I got to listen to... The first quarter in my car, so I got I got a lot of huge call, Greg. It's a big play, and I got a lot of touchdown. It's a touchdown, Dedrick Mills. It's a touchdown. I got a lot of that. I got a lot of Greg Sharp, a lot of Matty D. But then I I lost reception of the game, and then I was like, okay, I need to just I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna record it. I'm gonna rewatch it this morning, and I feel like in some ways. Getting a Kansas basketball assignment robbed me of the emotional roller coaster that would have been that game. Because let's be honest, it's different when you know the outcome. The all the things that would have put you on the emotional roller coaster didn't. As you much. had the guarantee, we won the game. <laughs> the rest of us were were having, I'm sure, quite a few moments where we, we thought we were going to lose it, and we we were losing our minds again. Um, so yeah, I, I think that was, it might've been comforting this week to actually know when you're watching this, we're going to win. But, but I think it, I can't help. It'll be interesting when we kind of get into discussing this game. When you, when you didn't ride the roller coaster, I think it, it changes, it changes how you digest the game a little bit. For sure. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't get as upset about, uh, for instance, the end of the first half and the management and getting the punt blocked. Like, in the moment, and I know we're jumping to the end of the first half, but in the moment, did you think Frost needed to just, when they get the big stop on fourth down, did you think they, they needed to be aggressive? Like, would you, a part of me felt like, damn, you had a great first half, you had, a lot, you had all the momentum, you were going to get the ball to start the second half. Like, 
I know hindsight's twenty twenty. Like, did you want him to like foot on the gas? Here we go. What do you think about that management? I, so I, I, I'd think about that one because when it happened, I was kind of okay. I'm, I'm not. I wasn't mad at them trying for it. Right. Okay. Because in the end, still punt the ball. Right. right. Punt the ball in the, in the half. And you, over, yeah, you, right? don't, you don't assume you're going to get a punt block or something. So, like so it's it's you know you good teams will always go for points there. Right. We are in the situation where we are just trying to manufacture a win any way possible, which is probably means play it safe. So I think I think that's where we're at now as a team, whereas we play it safe until we're good enough to take just like to play without having to be that conservative. In in defense of, of the aggressiveness, if I'm not mistaken, up until that point, Nebraska had scored on every possession. We had in- so so. There's also that element of like shit, we're you know we're moving the ball, we're scoring the ball. Let's just keep going, see what can happen. But I don't know. That just that 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 felt like an interesting uh, dynamic because then I think I think we also have to brag. I, I know you're going to feel me on this. Finally, the end of the game, the management was exactly what I think you and I want. Nebraska takes the ball over at the end of the game. Up 10 with five minutes and 32 seconds left. And whether it was the, remember the Colorado game to start this, to yeah. start the frost era, he comes out throwing and, and, and snapping the ball fast and all those things. Instead, they let the clock bleed down inside, you know, eight, six seconds on the play clock. And even though it, it ended in a going forward on fourth down and incomplete pass. Nebraska chewed three minutes and 12 seconds off the clock, forced Purdue to call all their timeouts. Like, that makes a huge difference. Yeah, and really, Frost, to me, it looked like he started doing that in the late third. Yeah. Which is, you know, when you haven't won yet, that stuff is so much more important to me. And we've been hammering this for two years now. It's just, like, when you got a lead, just, it might not be pretty, but just run that clock and you make them do something extraordinary to beat right. you. And and I think this proved if you can score some points, be a little conservative right now, um, I, we can win some games. You know, in some ways it was nice to finally play a team that like Purdue kind of did all the things that it was like kind of a role reversal. Now, both teams were sloppy. I mean, this game would have had like, I think, 18 combined penalties yeah. and it was just – absurdly sloppy in that regard but it was it was nice to finally play a game in which the other team was the one that was shitty on special teams yeah awful penalties uh you know and because that that kind of set the tone for the day with the block punt you get it at the one you punch it in you know all those things it was interesting how it was like purdue had all the characteristics of what nebraska usually has well what was really interesting to me about purdue was not just that they had a, a sloppy game they to me if i had to to look at body language right from two different teams i looked at their body language versus ours and I thought man they got bad I didn't see energy out of them um I looked at Rondale Moore and the other receiver and I just thought man those guys don't look like they're that in Bell I couldn't tell now full disclosure it's not like I've studied Bell the other good receiver a ton but I thought his the whole day anytime they'd show him he seemed pretty yeah whatever and Rondale Moore you know because he came out on senior day uh as if he was a a senior and then he was kind of just Every time I looked at him, he didn't look like he was 
he was already on to trying to be a pro. And you know what's funny about him? He didn't look he didn't look like a guy that is like I, I'm declaring early type right, of guy. Right, right. So it, it's funny that I kind of walked away from Purdue going, wait, I thought Rondale Moore was better. And the Bell guy was – he was pretty good, but not like – I didn't see – the way those guys played, I didn't think those guys are the best. Like, right. I think Ohio State's guys I'm way more sure. worried about than those guys. And I'm like – so so I was – I Purdue, for how good they started this season, to me that, that program looks like it just took a, a drastic nosedive. I – Totally agree, and and I mean, remember Purdue? Was it two years ago that they beat Ohio State yeah. with College Game Day? Like you thought, Purdue's coming. You know, like Brom was the hot, like he was going to maybe take the Louisville job, and he yeah. stayed. And it felt like they were on the rise, and all of a sudden they feel like they're back to what they kind of were. Yeah, and, and, and but I think to your point, the one thing, and again, I don't think we, you never want to get to where you're lowering the bar to the point where it's, you know, you're praising this, but like, I don't know what you think. I haven't really felt, even in the Illinois game, I don't ever really feel like I've gotten that sense that Nebraska's body language has been shitty or no. they've thrown in the towel. Like, a lot of the, like, the reason they lose is never like effort or energy. It's more just, Attention to detail, focus, sloppiness. You know, like yeah. I don't. I don't. They seem like they're still pretty locked in and engaged. To that, me. and that's a that's like if we need to give. You know, sometimes we get we're critical, but we also need to give credit. Like we need to give credit to our coaches and these players that they are playing hard and they look engaged. Now, whether they you know can make plays in the clutch, which has been a problem. Or not make the, the, the big mistake. The, the big the, yeah. mistake. Right. That is the question. But to me, part of the progress is that when I looked at Purdue and looked at us, we wanted to play. Right. We wanted to win. They sort of it looked like we're we're thinking about next year already. Right. And their better player, you know, Moore and Bell. They seemed like they were disinterested. They were thinking about other things and. And that, to me, is a sign, a good sign for Nebraska, is that our guys, you know, good or bad, want to be out there. And I think, and what, this will bridge us to where I kind of wanted to start the, the conversation, uh, a lot of that is on the coaches. But I also think a lot of that is on Adrian Martinez from the standpoint of, I don't know if you agree with this or not, I think sometimes your quarterback can be such a lightning rod for – just hope or despair with the team, yeah. you know, and we got to give some credit to that dude. I mean, that guy got, that guy got binged, you know, and, and he, everyone kind of anoints Luke, you know, he could yeah. have easily kind of just folded up shop and just kind of been really a bad teammate and sulked a little bit. And to his credit, he didn't. And I'm not so sure he hasn't played he started to show flashes the past two games of that old Adrian. His first touchdown run was a big time play. That that play, I think I think that play is is indicative of the hope of our future. That yep. Adrian Martinez makes a really tough scramble, breaks a couple tackles, and finishes a run. And gets to the end zone uh, on a play that was absolutely dead. 
Right. Um, coming from a guy that just got benched, that had a, it's had a really tough two years. Yes. Injuries. Injuries. Losing. Losing. Criticism. Just, critis- it, it, nothing has really kind of gone his way. Right. And he sort of through all that is is still you know fighting and, and, and trying to turn things around and making play like so I think exactly what you're saying is that this guy is through all that is still here and not like collapsing like th- that's like, yes. in itself you're like okay that's a big deal and like, it's a big deal because again you, we talk about the, ta- the first we talk about the tangible and the intangible the intangible fact of like you saw the speech that he gave before the before the Penn State game. Yeah. That stuff matters because if you're losing and your captain quarterback, when he goes to the sideline, if he starts getting, you know, pouting and all that stuff, it's going to be a lot easier for everyone else. But he has stayed engaged, which I think keeps everybody engaged. And then so that's the intangible factor of it that keeps hope and going and going, okay, we need to keep doing this. And then there's a tangible factor of like this guy is continuing like I think he's played his best two. I think his last two games are the best two games he's played since probably the Illinois game, which would have been what game four of last year. Yeah, and and that's what's so funny about. Uh, I I don't know. I mean, I know your dating history a little bit, but you ever have you ever be on the rocks with a girl, <laughs> and you're ready to be like, man, I'm a dumb. I'm so done with this girl. <laughs> and then there's like, you have a good night, you have a good moment, you have a good conversation, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, Doc? Yeah. You have a good, you know, great conversation. A great, you know, you have a great conversation. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and you're like, you walk away and you're like, man, I'm not gonna dump that girl. I like that girl. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm not gonna lie, I, there was a part of me that was ready to turn the page on Adrian Martinez. And even this week with the news of Mackenzie Milton, I was like, go get him. Go yeah. get this guy. You know what I mean? Go get this cat. And then you see a performance like that, and you're like, God, is it? Is it still? Like, it kind of feels like he still has some good football in him. Well, so so this is this was my sort of general take, and it's, it's, it's partly Martinez, and it's partly – the the offense around him the system the players right we we know there's holes right now at wide receiver hopefully the some of these young guys can develop holes at running back hopefully some of these young guys can develop and we can bring people in sure but i think my big takeaway between martinez and this offense is that when this offense is is like you know efficient and is is sort of in a rhythm where it's it's going right like that's what it more looks like. Yes. It's these it's these the short passes and the in the you know the swing passes for runs, you know, are get us humming. And to me it's like the difference between the, those nineteen losses that we've been like most of them really close is if nothing else changes, no personnel changes, and we just sort of get that sort of you know, rhythm and efficiency out of our offense. I think we win all those close games. Right. I mean, we lose those games really having the most anemic version of this offense versus what this offense is, is supposed to be is that, and that's not even the ceiling of the offense. That's just sort of what the offense in my mind is supposed to do. These last two games are like, that's efficient. They're not 
you're not doing anything amazing other than just like doing what it's supposed to do. What What do you think? Because what changed? Is it just now? I mean, full disclosure, Bob Diaco's Purdue defense is not very good. Yeah. But, I mean, Nebraska also was pretty efficient in the passing game. They didn't get a bunch of explosive plays, but a pretty efficient in the passing game against Iowa. Yes. What is – like, have you noticed anything that's changed? Adrian said – and they asked that exact question. He said, well, you know, just trying to be a little bit more, you know – efficient in practice it's been it's been sharper in practice with the receivers okay? okay so with the receivers um it's been more efficient so i think as much as adrian has played better delivered the ball on time um more accurate i think the receivers are doing a better job getting open they must right and we're not turning the ball over too right. so zero turnovers uh, so this team did not turn the ball over and they were just making the easy play so a lot of those plays were Clearing it out, Wandale is left for the check down or like a, a somebody's dragging across the field. We really didn't do anything down the field like we've been wanting to. We really did not. One play to Austin Allen maybe. Right. But these are short passes yeah. that you throw and let people run on. And I think that right now, especially until we got deep threats, we've got to be good at that. We should be able to do it. And if we can do that, it brings another – uh, aspect to this offense that we just haven't been able to have. Yeah, and even because uh, it's amazing just how everything started to kind of look a little bit better. It's still not Oregon, UCF just lighting people up, but it started to kind of look – that was the best the offense has looked in yeah. a long time. And even, you know, a lot of Adrian looked better, uh, but I even thought the play call seemed seemed better. Like I thought the – how about the the the, the audible check – to the touchdown to Lever or whatever Lure yeah, Le- Lever and and I mean that it's I mean they I mean that is schemed them you know that's just and executed that's just, perfectly that's just we got three on two right you know just just that's that's just good coaching but I think more that's something we like the more this offense gets in a rhythm it's more things like that where they're just trying to get a numbers game right. and they're gonna make you play perfect on defense right if you make a mistake. Or you miss a tackle, like that's what they're going for. And at its best, that's kind of what this offense does. And I feel like we've been really, with our own self-inflicted, you know, uh, mistakes, we've struggled to sort of just get in that rhythm. It's all been like, God, we we keep making mistakes, so we have to play it too safe, and we can't take any sort right. of like chance. So it, this was a gr- to me a great couple games of seeing like what happens when our offense. Is is efficient in with what it does. I mean, Adrian. Adrian. So he he was twenty three of thirty, two hundred forty two yards and a touchdown. He also ran for four hundred or four hundred for forty five yards and two touchdowns. So I mean, I thought I thought he played great. Hopefully, his shoulders okay. Yeah. Uh, the fact that he came back in the game makes you think that he probably is okay. And then I think the other thing that helps with the offense looking better is I think we talked through the first couple of games just how much of a non-factor Wondell Robinson was. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't getting carries. He wasn't getting touches. He really wasn't just a part of the plan at all. And the reality is he's Nebraska's best player and best offensive weapon. And he gets nine catches for 114 yards. You know, he also gets a couple of carries. Like, he was big-time involved, and he was big-time involved on third downs. Like, yeah. I just – I think – it's funny how everything looks better when your better players get 
more involved in the offense too. Yeah, no doubt. Getting Wandale the ball and getting him some, some space, that is the ideal scenario. I, and, and it's not going to maybe be that easy the next game because people are going to go, okay, look at this guy. That's right. We got to take that away. So we, we got to do a good job of, of trying to get him the ball in those situations. But that's, that's to me what you want to see out of the Wandale pass game that has been non-existent this year. Totally agree. I mean, totally agree. And I think it also, even though he wasn't, I didn't think he was great, I do think having Mills back helped. Mills, no, Nick, he's our best running back. He's at 75% right now, probably. He didn't look right, but he's a guy that can run through a hole and he breaks the first tackle. Right. And I don't think the other running backs right now are doing that. No. And so I think so I think it's just there's a lot of things that got the offense into a rhythm and even just Mills being there I think helped. Um how about the you remember the scene in Ace Ventura where if he got the the new look at the picture and he was like who the heck is that? <laughs> who the heck is that? <laughs> Connor Jewett came in and got I mean I I'm convinced someone said I'll pay you 50 bucks to just run into the game and see if you could like I think he was just waiting and like who how did he get okay so I saw him they put in the papers one of the couple running backs they were gonna go so I was like I was really like who is that guy he came in and I I looked at his his highlight tapes from from he's a Elkhorn South kid nice kind of good okay so I I was uh, he's Ray Finkel from here on out because because that's Ace Ventura it's like who the heck is that so I actually that? think that this that that kid from Omaha is is not he's not bad. Okay, and I just was like, <laughs> I like I like who was that? Where Nick? I wouldn't doubt you're going to see that kid over the next two years. Okay, I'm, I'm I, listen. I'm cool with it. I just was like, I, Nick, we'd never heard of the guy, and he was <laughs> he taking care of on the field. And I was like, who is who's that, that guy? guy? Connor Jewett. It was like Connor wow. Jewett from Elkhorn. Yeah. So, uh, but Connor I, Ray Finkel Jewett is officially who he is. Ray Finkel. I, like I love it. Uh, unless we're missing anything else on the offense, there's one last thing I want to talk about with the offense before we transition to some other things. By far, by far, the most under-discussed and shame on us dude that has been awesome all year is Connor Culp. And it, it's a window into special teams. Oftentimes, like when it's good, you don't you don't tend to talk about it a ton. Mm-hmm. It's just when it's bad, that's when you want to talk about it. This guy hasn't missed an extra point. He's making 92% of his field goals. He hit a 49-yard field goal on Saturday. I, like, it, it's his stats. Like, I'm looking, I mean, it's like, so 92%, 31st, I assume this is in the country. 32, 32, uh, 31, uh, 31st in the country, extra points, hasn't missed, tied for first. Uh, points, 50, tied for 51st. Like this guy, this LSU transfer, this, he has been – remember how horrible Nebraska was last year in, in field goal kicking? We, lo- we probably lost two oh. or three games because we didn't – we couldn't kick and, or we didn't want to even try at that right. point. So I I think here's, here's probably my answer for why we – have ignored him to this point. I don't think we wanted to trust anybody to this point. <laughs> we saw such bad kicking. We're like, no, I don't well, believe I, this I think it's hard, it's He hard can make you're... 10 field goals in a row, right. but I don't trust him. Well, well, I think the other thing, too, is like it's hard 
when you lose, it's hard to, uh, you know. Who cares? If like you at the end of the, of if like, if I'd have turned on the mics after the Illinois game and be like, well, you know, Nebraska didn't play well, but how about Connor Culp? He was really having a good season. You know, like no one, no one, no one's it's trying like, to hear uh, that. Uh, the uh, the Bulls <laughs> lose again, but let's talk about the free throw shooting of that backup center. Like, you're not gonna have that conversation. Like, you're you're not gonna do it. No, you're just you like, know? why did the Bulls lose? Yeah, it's, and so, like, I think that's in in our defense, and I think everybody's defense. It's just no one wants to talk about the field goal kicker They're, doing they, great when you're losing. It's at the end of my mental capacity to even talk about special. I teams, just like so. I don't know. It took me rewatching it. This dude just. Booms a 49-yarder, and I'm like, I don't even think we've talked about this guy. No. It's, I, but but if this guy— We've not talked about Connor Culp as much as we talked about <laughs> Connor Jewett, okay? <laughs> Good I mean, day for the Connors, it's but— It's a big Connor day. Yeah, I, I think what's—this what's, is, this is like, in its own right, progress, though. It's like, we now feel good about our—you know, last year it was an all-time low for field oh, goal kickers, Louise. and now we're back to feeling very good, so— this is another sign of progress totally agree. to feel encouraged about for the future. Anything else on the offense that we're missing? Um, um, you know, I, Betts is a guy I, I like I seeing like him Betts. out there more. You can you can see there was a few times he was maybe ran <laughs> the wrong. Wandale, him and Wandale were and he was yelling at Wandale. Wandale was like, "No!" They all went up to like, "No, you're." He's like. Even Adrian, yeah. Adrian ran down the field to yell at him. At least Betts gave like the my that's bad. Me, that's, but I, I think Betts is our best uh, hope for having a, a strong receiving core in the future. I mean, we, we he has to develop and be good because he's the only guy that really has that skill set right maybe, now. Maybe it's just because no one else is physically an impressive-looking receiver. Like, anytime he does anything, I'm just like, oh, yeah. Yeah. That's how that – like, just because he looks terrific, doesn't he? I mean, he's he's – Tall, long, and he's got just like he's got the real like the real athletic body that's just well, like. And I think he's pretty good after the catch. Like he can run a little bit. You know what? It, it's easy. It's it's cool to see with him. Like when the ball is thrown his way, you never even have to really think about is he going to catch it. Right. He, he always is going to catch it. Right. He looks very relaxed out there. Um, yeah. Especially for being a freshman, he looks pretty relaxed when he has the ball, and which I think is good. So. For him, it's going to be about, I think, getting stronger and more sudden and kind of like definitive with what he's doing. And I'd have to imagine. And, you know, if we had Swift or Todd Peterson here, they could tell us this. I'm sure in high school, you can run sloppy routes. You, you know what I mean? You, you can run a sloppy route and just or you're just running by people. Like, I think he's probably got to tighten up all that stuff. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, yes. so I think that's it. So it's just going to take time for him to timing route running where depth of routes where he needs to get to all those kinds of things that it, it's hard for it that's hard you yeah. know i mean i think the reality is you can teach some of that but he has a lot of the stuff that you can't teach yeah he's got like, what's going to be fun to see i think it, he's gonna be good yeah i think like next year and the year after to see how much we attack with him downfield. Right. That's kind of the next level I want to see with him is, is he going to be able to kind of quote unquote, Randy Moss, just like throw it up and can he go get it? I don't he looks know. Fat. Like, I guess 
He's Is he fast. a burner? Like, I, mean, I think he borderlines burner. All right, let's take a quick break from the podcast and talk to you guys about Runza. So, you know, I've told you guys about the fact that you can custom order your Runza sandwiches, which is obviously a game changer. You can add anything within reason to a Runza sandwich, different cheeses, maybe some fries, maybe some pickles, whatever. Since they all start out as an original Runza and are made to order, you can get creative. Well, I love getting tweets like this one from Joshua. He tweeted at me, tried the custom order tonight. Highly recommend you add ranch to the Runza with cheese. Hashtag Runza. Wow. Ranch on a Runza? I mean, that sounds incredible. Good work, Joshua. I'm have to give that one a try. You need to get to Runza and make your own masterpiece just like Joshua did. And when you're there, you need to tell him your buddy, your pal, your partner, your podcast buddy, Nick Ba sent you. Runza makes it all better. And while we're here, let's talk about Pella windows and doors. I want to talk to you guys about energy efficiency. Let's uh, let's pull up uh, let's pull up Pella's website right now. Look at this. Not one, not two, not three, not four, not five. Five different types of windows or doors by Pella have won the Energy Star 2020 Most Energy Efficient Award. I mean, that's some, that's that's incredible. And they achieve that in a couple of ways. You have the insulated glass, which slows the heat transfer, keeping your home at a more comfortable temperature. You have types of low-E glass, which is a glass coating that has been optimized for your climate. You have triple-pane glass, which you can upgrade to for increased insulating airspace and within all that within all that one of the keys is proper installation which is key for windows and doors to perform at their best and you know the Pella experts are excellent at that bottom line energy efficiency matters in making your home more comfortable and Pella windows and doors are at the top of the line when it comes to energy efficiency turn your window and door remodeling dreams into a reality with Pella check them out online PellaOmaha.com that's PellaOmaha.com back to the podcast he glides like, like that Penn State the, the Penn State little pop pass he pretty much he 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 punched the gas and then when he got to about like the 20 yard line he coasted and no one could catch it. Yeah, so he glides very like he's fast. Yes. Like there's no question is he fast? He's fast. But the Penn State what he didn't show is like do I want to take it from third gear to fifth gear? Right. And he on third gear is fast. I have yet to see him in in fifth gear. I want to see him let it rip. I, I mean, the best was when Randy Moss used to run and he would run and just stick one hand up and that was Culpepper knew. Can I throw as far as I can? <laughs> Brady knew throw as far as I can. Right. If Moss put the hand up, <laughs> if we could ever have a guy like that, it just changes everything. Because oh. they just say, "This is the one. I want this one." Well, and I, I, I don't. I guess I look at him, and he not only does he look like a good receiver, he looks like he could be not Randy Moss, but like a guy that can. He looks like he can be a deep threat to me. Well, no, he he he's absolutely built for that. I mean, yes. he's a perfect. He's six two and a half, you know, two hundred pounds, but just like, just got great length. And I just think you know we've we've criticized the receivers a lot, and I think like he's been arguably the biggest. Uh, I don't know if you want to call it a pleasant surprise, but I think everyone felt like he had talent. But I don't know what. I mean, he's he's other than Wandale, and it's a different kind of thing. He's Nebraska's best receiver. He's a true freshman, right? A tr that didn't come here at. at the, at the the early enrollment he right. came he came at you know in fall camp that's really hard to get on the field i mean dude had a curfew last year yeah and was 
you know, at Bell West having gym class and all that, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, and now that, so like he, he's, I'm excited about him. Yeah. I, I'm really, really excited about him. If you can get him and develop anybody else, um, to really, you know, th- to be a threat, then Wandale, we keep Wandale free to operate in that, you know, underneath slot. Cause I, I stand by what I said, like Wandale down the field is not what I want to see. I don't, Here's the thing about Wandale. He is short. Mm-hmm. He has a, sh- you know, he's short arms. He, he, so the catch radius is small with him. So the more you got to throw it to him over the middle and high, it's just, it, it leads chances for him to get hurt or turn. Like he's best when you get it to him on sweeps, right. short throws, hand it out, like just give him space underneath. That's his strength um, where we need other people to take the top off and be the downfield people. But man, Wandale is starting to show you. He's shown you a few plays that are just like, man, that guy is that guy's electric. He, yeah, he he's our best player. Um, defense. So again, Purdue's Purdue's offense is capable, you know. Yeah. Um, but all in all, you know, they gave up twenty seven points and all that. But I thought it was a pretty good day for the defense. The thing that continues to impress me is. These guys are so physical. Like, uh, I know we keep talking about it, but I think we need to continue to talk about it. Like, one of the things that really stood out to me during the Mike Riley era towards the end of it was the lack of physicality, especially on the perimeter. Like, when there's some sort of uh, screen or whatever, like, Riley's last year, those guys were getting blown up on blocks. They weren't coming downhill and hitting, like... Deontay Williams, DiCaprio Boodle, Cam Taylor, like those guys come and fucking knock your head off. Everybody's pretty physical. I right. mean, that's that's the part that I, I've really loved to see is, or even that, you know, that fourth and one and yeah. Reimer and Britt, you Just, know, they blow the guy up in the back. Like, it, right. and, it, and it's, they're sticking people. Right. And that's the stuff that, that's another sign of progress. Like, there's no doubt the holes right now, we can't rush the passer. We just can't. Um, that's a hole, right? Um, making, you know, giving up big plays in the fourth quarter down the field. That's a hole. We yes. did it again. That's right. still a hole, but you know, being physical, that that's the part that no matter what, if you can fall back on that being physical and being somewhat in your knowing your scheme, like we're doing so much better at that than we have like to meet big time progress. I, I, I agree. I think, uh, if you're looking at progress over the course of the first three years for the defense, physicality, no question about it. Yeah. They're better in the trenches. I don't think they're really getting blown off the ball like they did early no. on. Uh, guys aren't running wide open. No. You know, like you don't see a ton of busted coverages or anything like that. And then you have seen in different spots the defense step up and and get stops late. They're still not the most clutch defense in the world. But more often than not this year, when they've needed to step up and get a stop and get the ball back or get a stop to win the game, they, they've kind of done that. Yeah. So, again, they're not great, but I think they're getting better. And that long pass, that was just such a – Dismuke and Cam Taylor took each other out. Well, Dismuke, that's his play, right? So you're the, the deep center guy. Right. They throw a post. Mm-hmm. That's your ball. Right. And the only thing you can't do 
is what you did is take out your own guy. <laughs> you can intercept it. You can tackle the guy that catches right. it. Right. You can knock it away. You can do any of those things except <laughs> took take out your own guy and fall took down. Out. I mean, can get it was almost laughable. Like, he he perfectly took out Cam Taylor. Because Cam Taylor Britt was in good position. Yes. So he either picks it or t- tackles him or yes. whatever. Like, the only thing you can't do is make a great block for their team. I mean, he, he <laughs> <laughs> was an unbelievable play. Uh. Uh, but the other thing I thought that they were better on in this game was they're better on third down. Purdue is 3 of 13. We've talked about that, yeah. how bad Nebraska's been. And Nebraska was better on third down offensively. Six of 15 is a little bit better than what they've been. Still not great. Um, but three of 13 defensively holding Purdue on third down, I thought they were much better. And, and Nick, on the couple first downs that they got, it, it was really um, like they had a check down that we were in. We had a great call and we were in a great position. And one of our guys just, just kind of was slow and took a terrible angle. But like, it was a thing where you basically they did exactly what you wanted them to do, right? And we just didn't tack. So, and then another time, their QB pulled down Scrant. So, of the three that they got, like two of them were like we were in great position on, right? So they weren't just picking us apart. I mean, we almost could have really, to me, like the growing from this team isn't going to be just winning games. It's okay those close ones that we we lost. We're going to win those now. And in games like this game against Purdue, we should have won 50 to 10. Yes. Without even breaking a sweat, playing our our backups most of the second half. That's how close we are to me. Like, I shouldn't say close. When when we get there, that's what would have happened in this game. Right. With that start, the way that Purdue was playing, we get those couple third down stops. We punch the next ones in, and it is Nick is so far ball game by midway through the third quarter. You don't have to worry about those last couple attempts to even tie it. Or, it's 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 a blowout. So that's part of our evolution is going to be okay. The things like we talked about, efficient offense, clean up penalties. We're going to win those close games now. These games we're going to win big. Because that's that right. game should have been. A it, it had the makings when it got to seventeen nothing. You kind of were thinking to yourself, like, okay, let's 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 blow this team out. You know, like it felt like they were ripe for the taking for this thing to be a forty-five to ten blowout. You know, and it just so that's the there, there are little steps that need to be taken, but I also think, uh, I like twice now in big spots. Cam Taylor has made. Big pass breakups. He did it against Penn State. Yeah. It was almost very similar. It was almost like the Odell Beckham one-handed grab, but bat down. Like, I like that guy. I, he, I, he's he's a really he's talented. I mean that that type of play takes a lot of talent, yes. coordination. Um, he yeah he's he's got some spe- like he has of all of our defensive players. He probably. He's top one or two in terms of guys that can make a play. Oh yeah, you know he, he's our guy for that. So he, he, that's that's huge though. Yeah, I mean in terms of you know you give out you know didn't 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 TJ and Berman give out game balls at the end of prime time? I think yeah uh, yeah. Uh, I mean Adrian gets a game ball. Yeah, Wandale gets a game ball. Our boy Connor Culp gets a game ball. We might as well give Connor Jewett a game ball too. <laughs> Welcome to the party, pal. 
<laughs> I mean, who is Connor Jewett? I love look, it. I'm telling you, I looked the guy up because I was like, who is? Did you, oh, say so you, you did you look you looked him up when you read about him in the paper or when some he reason got right the, before the game I looked him up. Shame on me for not knowing an Elkhorn South kid, but man. Well, I didn't he, know him. I had I mean, no he, clue. When he came in the game, I was I like. I mean, Nick, does anybody know him? <laughs> 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 oh, I swear to God, he snuck out there somehow. It was nuts. It was like when uh, Kramer won a Tony and he was a seat filler and he went up with everybody. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happened. Deontay Williams had 12 tackles. Mm-hmm. Um, Jojo Doman had 11 tackles. You know, they, Nebraska did finally get some – they got three sacks. The pass rush still isn't great, but they got some big sacks early. Our boy, the ultimate warrior, got a sack early in the game. He was celebrated with a Mountain Dew. He, he shook the ropes a couple he times. He shook the rope, took a Mountain Dew, poured it over <laughs> his face. Uh, ben Stilley got one early. So I thought the pass rush early was pretty good. Are, are they playing less defensive linemen now than they were earlier in the year? I don't know. I, I, I feel like – Snacks has been good. Snacks, snacks earned himself a snack. Snacks has a full cupboard full of snacks. Snacks, good game. news. There's a snack waiting for you at your locker. You did your work, snack. You get snacks. <laughs> it's like I feel like it's been Stilly, Robinson, Rogers, and Snacks, and I haven't seen those other guys rotating in very much. No. And I don't know. I don't know what that is. Are, are they injured? But I know we were playing like eight guys to start the year and i feel like that's really kind of shrunk down. down a little bit yeah i mean i don't know what the deal is i'm not sure but yeah those, those guys are again no one's a dynamic pass rusher but like pretty good again i mean again purdue had negative i don't know if we mentioned this purdue had negative two yards rush that's all awesome. see that, that's I mean, awesome like this, this that stuff nebraska there were years where they just were getting blown off the ball couldn't by everybody you know yeah, so that's taking a big step, huge, huge step, and uh, you know the the test now, Nick, is going to be this: Minnesota, without Rashad Bateman, yes, is going to try to run the football. That's going to be what they do, um, and we couldn't stop them last year with their run. They're going to run that wide zone, try to get our you know our guys out of position. This is going to be the biggest test of what we've been doing well, which is stop the run, right. Can we step up against Minnesota and stop the run this week? I think they can. Well, they've shown how they similar, can. How similar is the the kind of the outside off-tackle run that Minnesota does, that Iowa does a version of that? Is it? Mm, it's a little different because I think Minnesota's is more out of the gun. Okay. Because that's so, what I was going to say. Iowa has like a eye formation that yeah. they do it out of that's different. It, yeah. I, Iowa's is more of an eye formation Style so, run more yeah. like you remember the, the way the Texans used to do it back yeah. in the day, and the Broncos. Even I mean, Peters has to like sprint. It's such an it's such a wide. Yeah, you know, it's almost like the seven hole or the like. I mean, he's got to sprint just to get it to. Yeah, it, it's Goodson. a hard. It's a hard. It's a hard stretch. I think Minnesota's would be a harder stretch than what you would see Nebraska probably do. Right. Um, ours is a little bit, a little bit more of a softer stretch. But I, I think they're going to do a version of that, but it's a little different because it's usually out of the gun. I hope that games – I mean, you know, obviously Minnesota's had some COVID issues. I really hope that game happens. Not only – I mean, Nebraska needs games, but I think Nebraska is going to – I think Nebraska is going to beat Minnesota, 
and they're going to head into this championship weekend. I'm not sure who they'd draw, but you know, if, if I just Nebraska needs games really bad. Nebraska needs games. Uh, uh, you know, we kind of hit on this before we started recording, but the implications of this game people might not be thinking about right now, but this win was so big in so many ways, okay? First Huge. of all, we yep. needed a win just to take the take a breath. Right. Um, show, you know, to get some positive things going, right? But the the downside of that loss was, I think, a lot worse than people realize. Because people were starting to get pretty upset. Yes. They were starting to get really frustrated that things were going from bad to worse. Um, you know, the few who, who you know, the, the – the early adopters, we'll call them, to firing coaches <laughs> in the tech, in the world of tech talk. Early adopters. There's early the ones adopters that go to ZipRecruiter pretty quick to see if they can find a new head coach. Those guys. They do. Yeah, there were some people that. Yeah, I mean, they want to be the first to call. They they always right. want to just get. They want to get the, the some guy out and somebody else in. They always right. want something new, right? Right. So that was the first rumblings of that started to happen, right? And, you know, you can say what you want about it. I, I personally think that's not completely stupid. the wrong the yeah. wrong idea to even start thinking about that stuff even remotely in the next couple of years. But this win prevents that from happening. Adrian Martinez starts looking good. We start feeling better about our quarterback, our offense in general. We're seeing the progress again. No question. Nebraska gets – I don't think it matters. If we lose next week, I don't think it matters. But if we win two in a row – I think we're, are, you know, our wins behind our sales, right? I agree. Going into next year. So that win gave us a chance to sort of, okay, call the season a wash, we're fine. Whether we, we beat Minnesota or not, I really think that's the case. But if we can now beat Minnesota and add a third win, I'm telling you, we're going we're gonna to be feeling so much better about next year. There, it's not even I, close. Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's no question that and, – and we'll do – let's do this with the uh, – the Alifast takeaway to wrap this thing up. Again, you go on the road, you, you miss you know, the fantastic internet that Allo provides. It's the access to the all-fiber network in Lincoln and across the state, absolutely second to none. I am knee-deep in college basketball right now, especially this week. I called six games, six games this week. So I had to download Oregon games, Seton Hall games, Kansas games. I mean, i got to download all these games. Everything comes in smooth, fast. I mean, I download a game like that, and it's all because of the fast internet. Absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. You want this? It's a, by far the best internet I've ever had anywhere. Go to allofiber.com, allofiber.com, tell them Nick Boss sent you. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, in, in the takeaway from this, to your point, like, the the last two weeks, yes, there. you know, last week we spent a lot of time talking about a lot of the same issues and all those things, but, like, Nebraska did a much better job slowing Iowa down and being physical in the trenches. Like, I feel I feel comfortable saying that Nebraska is the arrow trending up down for physicality in the trenches defensively. I think it's trending up. Yeah. And then over the course of the last two games, let's be honest. Sometimes how you feel about a football team or a football program can be directly attributed to how do you feel about the quarterback position. Yeah. And when you don't feel good about the quarterback position, you're probably not going to feel good about anything. All of a sudden, over the course of the last two weeks, you're starting to feel a little bit better about Adrian Martinez as well. So, 
when we think about what it takes to win in the game of football, and in particular in the Big Ten, you gotta have you gotta have a, a you gotta be good against the run and better in the trenches. Nebraska seems like they're heading in the right direction. You gotta play with physicality across the board. Nebraska seems like they're heading in the right direction, and you gotta have good quarterback play. All of a sudden, over the course of the last two weeks, it feels like Nebraska's heading in the right direction. Again, if we, I mean, we could, everybody has a choice to make. You can focus on all the negative things if you want to, but you can also acknowledge the positive things. And I don't think I'm necessarily pulling those things out of my ass and trying to, trying to just, you know, make something that, uh, that, uh, yeah. that isn't there. Like, I think all those things are real. No question they're real. I mean, I would say for the most most of the areas in our team were actually you've seen we were seeing the improvement. The whole the the issue is the holes in position groups have not changed, right? Right. Receiver, running back, pass rusher. Boom boom boom. That's what we're That's seeing, it. right? But the question is I think can we continue to improve in the areas we're improving, and then on the overall, you know, not shooting yourself in the foot, foot aspect. And then the rest is, I think, it's a recruiting issue. Right. Probably fair, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's a good place to be um, going into the end of this year next year. I think if you're looking at things that, you know, like if you just can't, like when when Frost got here, and they they were really poor in the trenches and getting blown off the ball, and they were they weren't physically ready. That's not a quick fix, right? That's a yeah. That's a few year thing, and here we are, and it's starting to kind of it's getting better. But of the holes you listed, receiver, running back, pass rusher, and then I would also then throw in there uh, just kind of like you said, shooting yourself in the foot, the mental mistakes. Like I think all those things are more quickly correctable than maybe other issues would be. Like, I don't, I think it's, it's, you can go find, like, usually you can plug in a running back that's pretty good, right? Usually, now we've fallen victim to this. We thought Omar Manning was going to be the second coming of, you know, Jerry Rice. Usually, and maybe bets can become this, but usually receivers can get on the field and play right away. And sometimes pass rushers, We've talked about this a little bit. Sometimes a lot of them are just ready-made and they're not really developed. Like Randy Gregory just walked into Lincoln and yeah. could rush the passer. So, and then mental mistakes, like, you know, a lot of it is just, I mean. But, but my thing too is like if we got receivers and and uh, running backs and pass rushers, we might not be in the positions at the end of the games where we've been blown. Like the things that. The, you're right, these, you're right. Those they, things. They, if we can improve those areas, they may erase 80% of the problems. And then you know what? The, those last bit of things we got to fix, that's on them to fix. But I think that until those holes get, you know, like you get some people in there that we feel like, okay, they are, they can really be a solid player in the Big Ten at that level. Um, then you have to play perfect. And you can't ask it's us to play point. perfect every week. It's a great point. Yeah, it's those, their, their holes amplify their... The holes amplify the issues because, if we said before, they're not talented enough to overcome, like a false start in a drive. 
Yeah. They get one false start and drive. It's like it's over. You might right? as well send the punt team out on like second Be- because down. that's like, the way <laughs> that's the way we look at it. Is like okay, when when you have this many holes, the only way to win is to play perfect. Right. And, and we they can't do that. And yet. we go through and we go. Well, if they did this, this, and that, and that, and it's like, well, you know what happens? Some teams make all those mistakes, but then they just then they have guys that make right. up for it, right. and so. No, you're that's, right. That's the line we got to find is, okay, what's our max talent level that we could eventually get to? Um, and then at what like what level of like perfection do we have to play? It's a good point. It's a that's a that's a good point. But all in all, to wrap this thing up, like a lot of positive things with that game. I mean, it, yes, were they close to whizzing it away? Yeah. I mean, it, things got things got a little little nerve-wracking down the stretch, but you know, ultimately Adrian Martinez did a lot of good things. They came out, went on the road, and punched Purdue in the mouth, got up 17 to nothing right away, made a big special teams play. Yes, they had a punt blocked, but overall I thought special teams was a little bit better. But that was on the punter too, Nick. The, the yes, punter yeah. kicked it into the back of our guy, like, right. and he was slow. So the punter's job is get the ball and get it punted. He was like, like I got the ball, and I'm going to uh, look at it, and I'm going to punt it. It, was it did like, take a long time. It was a slow punt. Right. So it, that it, was like, that's on the punter in my book. I agree. Uh, but, man, all in all, never a dull moment with, with this team. I mean, oh, it's just like the drama every Saturday is there regardless of, of the outcome. But, yeah, I just hopefully, fingers crossed, Minnesota gets, uh, you know, Gets better results with their with their COVID situation this week, and, and I, Nebraska can play. I think man. they started practicing, which there is we a go. good sign. I like it. I like it. All right, that'll do it for the recap pod. We'll catch you next week. Hopefully, we're talking about another game and another Husker victory. Make sure you subscribe to that podcast. Just click that subscribe button. For Bo Rude, I'm Nick Boss saying so long from Lincoln, Nebraska. <laughs> All right, my thanks to Pella. If you're thinking about a new window or a new door, now is the time. Check them out online on the web at PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. And uh, my thanks to my good friends at Runza. Best fries on the planet. Great burgers. Cheese Runza. Delicious. The food is simply fantastic. Runza makes it all better. A Huda Media Production.